welcome to Tools in the Shed, a podcast powered by Cars Guide, and we're ready to rip into car stuff that's caught our eye this week. I'm not James, he's uh, off spending some time with his kids this week over the school holiday break. I'm Matt, and with me is Tom, Yo. Uh, who's been very busy on car launches and tyre tests mm-hmm. in the recent week or so, and Crafty, who hasn't been up to much. Um, Ooh, so we figured hey, we'd get him on. in to do some work. Yes, um, fair yeah. enough. Of we course. pay him after all. Oh, we do, <laughs> yeah. of course. We'll be uh, chatting all about our favourite future extraterrestrial Mr. Elon Musk in this week's Musk Watch, but there's a Musk-y. bit to get through before we get to that. So, stay with us. First off, let's talk some feedback. So... Ooh. Finally, we got in touch with Peter Panousis. Oh, good luck, Pete. So he's our lucky competition winner uh, from episode 100. And thanks for getting back to us, Peter. We uh, look forward to having you as part of one of our comparison tests soon. Oh, cool. Lucky guy gets to come and join the team for a day when we do a comparison test. Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, we've all been part of them. They're not that much fun. Uh, Sorry, A lot of work. You'll love it. We work really hard. Yeah. So Everyone will have to be on their best behavior on the day. I mean, I think so. You actually just show up to a green screen studio like this. You don't, we don't get... We don't go to location. Hey, this is a shed. We're in a shed. Thank We're you very much. We're in an actual much. shed. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we got some uh, some more feedback uh, from Sean Budge. Who, uh, oh, the comment- budgie. He, he the the budgerelli. The smuggler. I've, I've heard him called that, but... Um, he commented on YouTube saying, the RAV4 is the ugliest car I've seen in a long time. I couldn't buy one for that reason alone. Imagine walking up to that eyesore every day. Mm. <laughs> um, I don't think he's seen many cars. No. This no. It's not that hard on the eye, I reckon. I, I reckon it's a good looking thing. Good looking, yeah. It's... Yeah. Uh, th- look, there are a few small things that could be controversial about it, but on the whole, it's pretty good looking, right? It's There's... not grotesque. No, no. Anyway, Sean, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> Greg Wallace uh, always loved to have his say, and he basically wants us to do a talkback version of the show. Oh, nice. He said, okay. a live Q&A tools in the shed mm. might be only the dedicated so he, I think he's saying that there's only a few people who... Are we talking a live studio audience? But yeah. maybe. And he said, but I'll be in it. Oh, good start. And Richard Berry is a must for oh, it. Oh, okay, course. fair enough. He's uh, got his fans, doesn't he? I mean, we've all got questions for Richard. Um, <laughs> who doesn't, who doesn't have yeah. questions for <laughs> Richard? I know. So that's a great idea. Uh, we'll, uh, we might have to see what we can do on that front. Um, Tom, you're in the social media world Realm. a lot of the time. What could we do to please Greg? Do you think we should do a Facebook Live? Or oh, I don't know. Oh, well, we could try that. I think yeah. that's that's definitely a, a format that people respond to. Right. So yeah. Or you want a live audience? Yeah. We, we well, could, that's what I was thinking. We do a studio audience. Studio we audience, could fit yeah. at least two more people in this room. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if you want to. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> a, a studio audience of two. <laughs> <laughs> Where the panel, the panel actually outweighs the audience. Yes, yes. Oh, that'd be good. Now, the next bit of feedback we've got to discuss is on the Ute comparison that all three of us were on. Um, now, there's a lot of love out there for the Isuzu D-Max. Mm. It didn't mm. come first. No. It actually came first last in, yes. in our test. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we all know someone who swears by the D-Max or the MUX. They swear by Isuzu. Um, but there's... Uh, Comments on the on the uh, review on YouTube that were a little bit rabid, like mm. Rex Geeker said, "Isuzu is so underrated; it's the king of diesel trucks." Mm. And then Jay Gaming Channel said, "I choose Hilux and Dmax. I respect your opinion, guys, which oh, is nice. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. Um, it's constructive feedback." And then uh, Mode Azizel, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right or not, but uh, he said, "Come on, Isuzu is the best ever car." 
I think this video is bias. It's it's so it's so interesting <laughs> because they they do have such a dedicated kind of following yeah. Isuzu's, and you, you know you see so many of them on the road, and you know we go out there on these comparisons, and they don't win, doesn't matter. Yeah, people love them. People, people are still going to buy yeah. them. Yeah, um, they, they love the engine in particular. Yeah, talk yeah. to people and they're like, I mean, oh yeah, go forever. It's an old product, it is. and it showed its age in that yeah. comparison. Yeah. But the thing is that old also tends to show that the thing has longevity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously there's a new generation version of D-Max coming uh, as part of a co-alignment with Mazda for the next generation BT50. Mm. Can't wait to see what that's going to be. Can't wait to see what engine they use, whether they persist with this old three-liter truck engine that's been around for ages. Mm. Uh, In other other markets, there are smaller uh, turbo diesel engines they use, a 2.5 and a 1.9. And we've asked before whether they'd consider bringing out those engines to Australia, that there's no... No real need or demand because of the emission standards here don't yep. require it. Um, and so at the moment, it looks like it's the three-litre diesel for a while. Um, but, you know, we can't wait to test the new generation version of all these utes because it's going to be – it's a dynamic part of the market, whether you believe it or not. I mean, yeah. there's they're long life cycles for these vehicles. But, Crafty, as we've seen on these tests, some of them, you you don't expect how good they're going to be until you get into them. Yeah. Look, I, I appreciate a bit of passion about any brand. Um, and we've all done numerous videos about D-Maxes and MUXs and that sort of thing. I like the thing. I've said in several videos, I like its rough charm. I yep. like the fact that it feels a little bit old, drives yeah. a little bit old. Yeah. But that's that's part of its appeal. Yeah. And I mean, um, you know, that's what you want. So good luck to you. I mean, yep. in these comparisons, we're not saying, you know, this is rubbish and this is yeah, exactly. fantastic. We're saying that on this day, in these conditions, on these tracks, on those tyres, yeah. this was the best performing yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the point that people miss with comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It, it's, it's, not a, it's not a total ranking system of this is awful and yeah. this is the best. It's, yeah. I mean, a lot of the, it's like it's our job to say you could buy any of those trucks and you're, you're probably getting a great truck for what Absolutely, you're buying yeah. it for, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's our job to say, well, where's the value and what, what do you get? for that money and you know that's that's the purpose of the test and i mean yeah. if if buying a car for durability and workhorse uh, ability is what you're looking at when you're buying a dual cab ute if you're not so focused on the luxuries or the the refinement levels that some of the other utes have then the D-Max, I mean, it's going to be a fairly good option for a lot of people. And if you can get a good deal on one, um, I mean, it's still falling short on safety and a few other yeah, tech yeah, items absolutely. and stuff. But and, that, and that price tag for me is just a little bit too sort of cheeky. A like little I think, bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, when, I you consider, a few bucks. when you consider what you can get in a Triton, yeah. for example, yeah. uh, you can get a lot of Triton for the same sort of money yeah. as you're getting a top-spec yeah. D-Max. And I mean, so. that's that's one of the best sort of value for money uh Utes around. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, Crafty, that actually leads us on to the next topic of conversation, which was Adventure Car of the Year, which oh, was yes. won by a Ute as well. The Ford Ranger took out the title of 2019 Cars Guide Adventure Car of the Year. Tell us why. It sure did. Um, well, again, I mean, we've all done numerous comparison tests. We've all driven these things. That's another thing people forget. I mean, we've driven hundreds, thousands of vehicles. Yeah. And that's what we're comparing it against, you know, what's come before, what's its rival at that point in time, yep. um, how well it uses its tech, how comfortable it is, how capable it is. And for me, the Ranger is just one of those things that is just above everything else, yeah. uh, pretty much in all respects. I mean, sometimes uh, in hardcore, low-speed, four-wheel driving, its shortcomings can be revealed. Um 
but otherwise all round it is it is a great thing yeah like it's it's safe it's comfortable it can be your daily driver yeah it can be your workhorse um one and, thing I uh, think we, and it can be pretty family friendly. One thing I think we um, we pointed out on the comparison test was the fact that there's the range or the, the lineup of models in the range. Oh, there's a choice lineup. for everyone. There's there's a, there's a ranger for everyone. There's so many. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they've got the the Ranger Raptor at the top of the pops, as we saw in in your uh, mm. your test with that vehicle, and then. You know, the further you step down, there's so many options for different buyers who want different things from their ute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's an important element to why it was was crowned Adventure Car of the Year, right? Like, you've got, if you need a hardcore off-roader, then the Raptor is pretty amazing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And and, and a hell of a lot of fun, too, as as we showed in that video, uh, which our kind producer will whack up behind us. yeah. As we speak. Yeah, so if you you're watching it. on YouTube. You've got to see it on YouTube. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. He, he yeah, might exactly. whack it behind us yeah. on the audio version as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. You never no, know. Maybe well, just a little well, bit people, of yeah, fuzz in the background, yeah. People could use their imagination. But, uh, and again, we've driven these things numerous times. I yep. mean, it's just not a one-off. Yeah. Uh, if I had a dollar for every time anyone ever said, oh, Ford must, you know, pay you for doing a positive review about their vehicles, you know, I'd be a bloody millionaire. Yeah. Because, uh, and that's certainly not the case. Yeah. Um, uh, not at all. Uh, we're paid by our employer, who, who is Cars Guide. So totally independent, totally yep. objective. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's another part of the fun. I mean, we get to experience all of these vehicles you know, over many, many different kinds of scenarios. I mean, we've towed, we've thrown a load in the back, we've yep. driven it on really hard four-wheel driving sort of terrain, off-road yep. terrain. And, uh, yeah, again, that Ranger for me just is, is is head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, it'll be great to chat to you about it later at your Potts Point mansion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> with all those Fords in the garage? Yeah, with all the, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, right. Yeah. If, um, if only. Hope. So it... <laughs> It was it was named uh, the top spot getter in in this uh, car of the year rundown. So second and third, they were they were hard to Ooh, get to, right? They were they were uh, originally uh, Matt, um, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Originally, I had uh, two different vehicles entirely, uh, but for me, second and third were the uh, Wrangler and the Jimny. Now. Straight away, I know, and probably some blokes are getting their fingers straight on that the, you know, comment section. <laughs> yeah. If they're watching on YouTube, they've already saying, they've know, already submitted about, one before we finished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about the appalling safety? You know, yeah. one star, three star. Uh, I acknowledge that, and mm-hmm. that's why they're not number one for me. You know, I've got a family, two young children. I wouldn't sort of, in good conscience, take them in those things for long road trips or whatever because mm-hmm. they are uh, one and three stars, uh, and cap safety rating, but. If we're talking about an adventure vehicle, and for me, adventure means means capability. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to get somewhere. Sure, there are scaled types of adventures. You might have an all-wheel drive or a two-wheel drive. You can go to places that you want to comfortably. Yep. You know, a form trail to a to a campsite. But for me, um, ultimately, capability and being able to get further and further away from perhaps where you started. Uh, for me, that sums up adventure and and those vehicles. Out of the mob in the last 12 months or so are the Jimny and especially the Rubicon because that thing to me can go pretty much anywhere you point it. I mean, on on those tyres with that sort of four-wheel drive system, I've taken it some places um, unofficially, not on camera, that 
that I've, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, uh, you know, modified vehicles struggle yeah. on, yeah, uh, yeah, in front of me, like struggle on, yeah. So, and the, uh, you know, beyond that sort of longish wheelbase, that can be a bit of an impediment if you, uh, if you're taking sort of steep, uh, sort of lumpy sections, yeah. like, like, like an over angle issue, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but beyond that, everything else. Spot on. Pretty amazing, isn't it? And yeah. the fact now you can get a diesel is an important option for some people. Yeah. It can tow, which is, I yeah. mean, the claim is that it can tow. We'll test that later on this year. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Jimny, we've had it in a few different tests, um, some of them more fun than uh, direct comparison focused. Yeah. But yeah. the fact of that car is that I think we came back to it over the phone a couple of times. Is It's so cheap. I mean, yeah. $25,000 $25, or so, uh, yeah. and you're getting a really capable little car. You spend 1000 bucks on new tyres, and you've got a supercar. Like, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know? And it's very, very capable. And, and that's if, the, and and that's the thing about... consideration, yeah. that's another thing that could take you, you know, a lot of places. That's, yeah. the, that's the thing about those two as well. It's out of the box, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Virtually no modification needed to, yeah. you know, go yeah. on those kinds of adventures. Yeah. So it's, They are know. very niche vehicles. I mean, they're, yeah. not, they're not sort of superbly practical in terms of day-to-day living. Yep. But um, if you want an adventure and, and you don't mind having a niche vehicle that makes a few trade-offs, yep. um, then, you know, by all means, check those out because, yeah, I, I, I recommend those two very highly. And I think highly. personally, because now I, I live in urban Sydney environment now and um, I used to live in the Blue Mountains and that, that Jimny makes more sense where I live now than it did where I lived before yeah, because yeah. it's so urban practical. It's so small, so yeah. easy to park and tiny. Turns on a five-cent piece. And then, yeah. you know, you've got the ability, if you need it, to go way off-road. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, interesting findings, Crafty. Uh, obviously, we, we had a good, solid discussion oh, about yeah. the, the models that made the top ten and then the top three and can't wait to see which ones will be eligible uh, for the 2020 edition of Car of the Year. Obviously, there are yeah. a few that come to mind instantly, like Jeep Gladiator. Yeah, yeah um, we'll be driving that in the next month or so, so yeah. at launch. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And maybe even a Jimny Ute, if the rumours are to Ooh. be believed. <laughs> wow, Ute. how yeah. good would that be? <laughs> Raptor and rival. The, and Was the there a rendering of like a four-door yeah, with yeah, a yeah, Ute yeah. Yeah. Oh, Pretty, yeah. wild. So, <laughs> pretty the, wild. So the early chat that I had uh, before this new Jimny came out was I spoke to one of the engineers from Suzuki at uh, Tokyo Motor Show a couple, like four years ago. And I asked, will there be a, a four-door, five-door version of Jimny Next Generation? And the indication was that they were thinking about it. So yeah, yeah. it makes sense. I mean, to have, um, they don't have the Grand Vitara anymore, but to have a Grand Jimny could be a cool idea. Yeah. So I, I, I've also heard rumors that they're working on a Grand Vitara as well. Yeah. So I think that might unravel a little bit in the next year. So Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, the old one has, well, it's old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> People still love them though. How many do you yeah. still see on yeah. the road? Oh, there's a, yeah, there's hundreds a, of thousands of tons on them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the the those those Jimny prototypes that you're talking about, all those Jimny concepts, ideas, I reckon they're being worked on, obviously behind the scenes. Yeah, I, I think, you know, could because to ignore all of the popularity of that thing, you know, the, like amazing, you know, waiting lists. Like they just, knew the demand was going yeah, to be good, but yeah. I don't think they saw it yeah. being this good. I mean, the, the the waiting list is still six to twelve months, depending on the drivetrain. So, it's um it's a pretty important car, and uh, can't wait to see the developments from that brand and other brands in the adventure yeah. world. So, and, a, and another thing, just finally, and yep. and I mean, and it it, it counted um, in their sort of placing so high in the top 10 is the fact that they've held on to traditional looks yep. and mm. approaches mm. 
You know, with a few tweaks here and there, yeah. uh, you know, as, as, as a nod to sort of uh, contemporary styling and that sort of thing. But, and, and, and to their credit, they've, they've kept them as real four-wheel drives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very little in the way of compromise uh, with regards to their capability. Now, I mean, that's a, that's a big ask in this day and age when everyone wants, you know, the best of all possible worlds, but more yeah. of your urban type. Yeah, exactly. Type. And the, uh, the thing about the look of it, though, Crafty, is my 2007 Jimny. Um, we saw a, a 2019 Jimny at Bunnings the other day, my partner and I, and she goes to me, yours looks like a Barbie car compared to that. <laughs> I've gone, all right, well, I've got to fix that. <laughs> so stay tuned. I'll be modding my Jimny soon. Um, now, Tom, uh, let's have a bit of a change of tack, uh, still testing, but testing tyres. Yeah, uh, we were invited out. So it was the launch of a new set of tyres from uh, Kumho. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I don't know, like a lot, I think... People sort of underestimate the sort of size and relevance of the tire market. Mm -hmm. um, it's massive, and uh, Kumho uh, uh, the they rank according to their numbers rank as the third uh, ma the third manufacturer and distributor in Australia uh, of, right. of, of tires. So and you know they have a few sub brands under them, but uh, as a group, um, they're massive. And so they're, they're a Korean company and um, pitch themselves as kind of a. Uh, uh, not a budget tire, uh, not a premium tire offering, but kind of like a like a like a middle or upper middle tier. Yep. Um, this new tire, these well, there's two tires as part of this launch. Uh, they're uh, sort of a performance tire and uh, an all seasons but performance oriented tire. Okay. Um, so that's respectively, you've got the PA fifty one and PS seventy one. Right. Um, so one's a softer compound, more for your kind of uh, performance driving. You know, maybe you do a couple of track days, but you need something to drive every day on the road as well. Yep. Uh, it's not a dedicated track tire, but it but it's a performance tire. Um, and that's that's a softer compound. Uh, might not last as long, but will definitely it will give you better performance. And then you've got uh, the fifty one, which is uh, your all seasons tire. So it does a little bit of everything. They've even engineered it because they sell it in America as well and, and other markets. They've engineered it for a bit of snow capability. Yep. And they sort of walked us through how the tread was developed and a little bit about how each chunk on the tread works, which was yep. quite interesting, um, quite an insight into um, the you know what goes into the development of those tyres and how they actually deal with different scenarios and what pass the tyre under stress at different uh, times now, being a Korean tire manufacturer, they had some uh, uh, Korean cars for us to test those tires yes. on. Yes, so they had a Kia Stinger yes. and a Genesis G70. Wow, um, both of which share the same sort of drivetrain components, same sh uh, chassis, except for so the Genesis was the, was the four cylinder, okay. and and that had the higher performance tire on it, which was interesting. Right, and then they put the all season tire on the uh, Stinger. And um, there'll be a couple of pics and a story uh, live soon, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was a fun day. Let's just put it that way. It's one of one of those days. I mean, we have these days all the time working here, where it's like, oh, am I really getting paid for this? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was quite like that. We we did some really uh, informative tests there that they had set up as well. So they had um, there was a brake test, both dry and in the wet. And uh, it was at uh, Pheasant Wood Circuit, which, if you haven't seen, is um, is it's a newish circuit. Um, 
sort of uh, between Sydney and Goulburn. Been, been around for a while. People know it as the Maroolan Marool yeah. Driver Training Centre or okay. something yeah, like that. Yeah, but it, it's had this big redevelopment in the yeah. last 18 months, so it's all new there. It and looks it, great. All, it does. It looks amazing. And they said that there's even new developments going into that track in the future. They're going to put a one-kilometre straight out the back and wow. extend the track. Once it's finished, they said that it'll be over four kilometres long. It'll be one of the largest circuits in Australia. right now, it's a really tight small yes. technical you yeah. know sub minute lap yep. Yep. track but still cam certified um yep. or it oh, yeah. is going to be um yep. uh, yeah but a, a lot of fun to drive on a I lot bet. of fun to test tires on because you're sort of encouraged to push them a little bit to their limits yep. um uh, so yeah i mean in getting to drive those cars at pace as well we all say in the office that the the genesis and you know the stinger they're such great cars but um and you know you drive them Home from the office, you drive them around Sydney and you think, oh, it's got potential. But yeah. what is that potential? Actually being able to do it was great. Because, yeah. you know, unless you go on the launch, it's probably not a, not a great chance that you'd be able to test it on the and track. And you, you were the first in the team to be able to get to drive G70 and Stinger back to back. Yes. Um, obviously, uh, important cars for both of those respective brands. Um, Stinger, you know, it's been around for a little while now. G70 is almost brand new. Yep. Um, but very similar sort of tack, although... Stinger is more of an affordable, uh, family-focused car, yeah. and and G seventy is more of a performance-focused compact luxury sedan. Yeah, so weird. Lucky yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very telling actually, and the fact that I drove to the event in a rest in peace uh, Infinity Q fifty, which I think we're going to talk about in a sec. <laughs> yeah, we'll get um, to that in a sec. Um, but um, yeah, no, the the difference between them was interesting because. It was down to small factors. It was like suspension tune and stuff, and they, they behaved similarly in terms of the way their chassis reacted, but the Genesis had a little bit more body roll because it had that sort of luxurious suspension tune, and even though there was less weight over the nose, it sort of uh, nosedived into brakes a lot more. Yeah. Um, I think it's just to do with the suspension tune over the, the front end, mm -hmm. um, which was interesting, um, and the... Having to test the four cylinder against the six cylinder too. Yeah. Um, I got to say, I, I really li liked both engines. Yeah. Um, yeah. The six cylinder, obviously, having all that power and reserve could be a little sketchy, especially yeah. when you're being encouraged to push it. Um, <laughs> whereas the four cylinder was always under control, but when you sort of got the back end out, it was like it was that much more rewarding because yeah. you had to push it that much harder. Uh, I think that this is, you know, for, for people who um, maybe aren't car enthusiasts, tires are just an expense that comes up yeah. every couple of years and gets annoying when the rego rings you, rego check guy rings you and says, oh, you need tires. Yeah. You go, oh, no, another thousand dollars. Yeah. Or whatever. But the, tires are such a vital part. They're your, they're your handprint on the road and uh, the fact that we're getting to go to tyre launches we appreciate because you know we don't get to test them otherwise we yeah. test them within the realms of uh, everyday use and that's the expectation from our readers and viewers but sometimes and particularly when you're off-roading as well the tyres are the the difference between success and failure yeah. so Absolutely. Um, that's that's an important takeaway from from the test and crafty uh, we'll move on to what's in our garage uh this week crafty you'll be testing the tires of a uh, toyota rav4 hybrid is that its full name uh no it's the all cruiser all-wheel drive all -wheel. so just just really quickly though before i uh i dive into that i just want to say i also went to a tire oh, did you? launch yeah. oh that's right yeah uh but that was uh perhaps a week before that um but that was the goodyear silent track uh all terrain right which replaces uh 
it was called the silent armor, which is the is, is a tire it replaces. We only tested one kind of tire, the silent track. It's it's available in different sizes, obviously, but um, we did uh, mild four-wheel driving, extreme four-wheel driving. That's what they uh, tagged it as. Um, but it was pretty easy going, but it was good enough to see how the tire performs mm -hmm. uh, in those conditions. But just talking about awesome, you know, sort of driving uh, facilities. Uh, it was, I'll just check that out, Norwell Motorplex uh, uh, near yeah. the Gold Coast. Mm, yep. um, only a little joint, but lovely people, highly professional. Everything ran really smoothly. They let us see, you know, the performance of the tyres in varying conditions in a compacted period of time. Like yep. it was, you know, these things, yeah. they're, they're pretty yeah. sort of, you know, you squeeze a lot in. Yeah, yep. um, tight on time. And but, <laughs> but, but awesome facility, lovely people. They really know what they're talking about. And the bonus was that I don't often get to go in fast things. Uh, oh, yeah. I went in a 86. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously fun. not on silent track yarns, yeah, yeah. Uh, tyres. Uh, oh, uh, obviously on the <laughs> But unreal. Had, yeah. a, had a barrel of laughs. Um, but, yeah, I can't rate that facility highly enough. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm yet to sort of have enough time on those tyres to get a really informed, to be able to deliver a really informed yeah. judgment. But, you know, by all accounts that day, they, they performed pretty it's, well. It's hard without being able to test yeah, absolutely, competitive yeah. tyres oh, well, back to yeah. back. And to yeah. test them for 30,000 Ks or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. When, that's when you tell how tyres are, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. So. Like, like, you know, you could say one thing, you know, maybe the Kumos are just as good as a Conti Sport Contact on the day on brand new tyres. Exactly. But what are they like at in 10,000 Ks? Yeah. yeah, at that yeah. temperature, yeah. you know. After um, 10 track days, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. right, after you blokes have been squealing them around. And then I get on there and drive like a grandpa. <laughs> um, last last thing on tyres, though. I mean, you did make mention, um, and it's something I, re you know, people feel like it's a grudge purchase, yep. but really, this should be one of the most important purchases that yep. you make uh, with regards to your vehicle. Yep. I mean, beyond everything else, like you said, it's your it's your uh, contact point on the ground. Uh, I wouldn't skimp with tyres. Um, spend as much as you can. I mean, we've all got budgets. Yeah. Spend as much as you can. They do your research. Um, and, and don't just go for the cheapest thing yeah. out there because you really need a good, hard, sort of durable tyre that's going to last and is going to keep you safe yep. at all different pressures. And, and, and Kumo was saying that as well. Like one of the reasons that, you know, that tyre got introduced was they wanted to combat uh, sort of tyre shock where yeah. people would, you know, then maybe they have a mild performance car like a, a Stinger and, you know, it comes with Continentals or Pirellis yeah. or something. And then they'll, they'll take it in for the first tyre change and it's like, oh, that'll be three grand or something. Mm. Um, and the idea was this tyre will come in underneath and say, oh, you can have a comparative tread, uh, yeah. similar performance for... Yeah. Two grand, fifteen hundred bucks, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, still a lot of money, but yeah. you know, oh, it's, it's worth yeah. investing if yeah. you value the performance yeah. that you're going to get out of it. Now, and crafty, safety and comfort. Yeah. Let's get on with it. <laughs> um, the Rav Four Cruiser All Wheel Drive Hybrid yes. that you'll be driving this yes. week. Now, I'm, not not your average all wheel drive. No, no, and, uh, and I've driven the Edge, but this is the hybrid. Yeah. Um, I'm yet to climb in the thing, uh, but I plan to do at least some sort of light to medium duty. Off-roading. Yep. I won't do anything too uh, gnarly because it is quite low. I think yep. it's about 190 mil or something, 180 yeah, not, grand clearance. Not sitting way up there. No, no, no. So, so quite low and and uh, sort of relatively speaking a longish wheelbase, mm -hmm. um, which would pose problems uh, in sand, you know, deep ruts, that sort of thing. Um, but we'll get out and about with it uh, yep. on bush tracks and stuff. I'm not really experienced with hybrids, uh, you know, and, and seeing how they go. 
under load, under stress over a period of time. Yep. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we are shooting soon, but I'll probably go out for a day or two before then just to get a feel for it. Yeah. Yep. And sort of, uh, you know, throw the kids in, make a big mess of it. I was joking about that. <laughs> so, so the uh, the the big deal with the the Rav Four Hybrid is that it's got the E Four Hybrid drivetrain. Uh, so that means it's got an electric rear axle. Um, and and uh, Mal was saying the other day, do you reckon the battery will run out? Mm. But the the point of it, I don't think the so. point of the hybrid system is that the battery won't ever run out. Yeah. It'll use the mm. engine to power it up yeah. and keep yeah. the battery charged. So yeah. um, obviously you won't run out of battery, but it'll be interesting to see what your fuel use will be yeah. based on how much the engine's kicking over to keep that rear axle running. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. electric is good when electric works with the petrol engine, obviously. So yeah. um, now, Tom, this week you've uh, had a bit of a drive of uh, a farewell car. Um, yeah. An Infinity Q50. Yeah. Uh, interesting times, isn't it? Because, you know, you've got Genesis launching and, you know, to be able to drive them back to back was pretty special. But, yeah, the, so the Q50 um, is sort of a, a, a version of Nissan's Japanese Skyline that they sell in, in overseas markets like Australia. It's meant for the US, basically. But um, And we booked this car in. I think it was it's kind of a happy coincidence because we booked this car in before we knew that the brand had uh, sort of kicked the bucket in Australia. Yep. Uh, Infinity is a brand, in case you haven't heard, is um, <laughs> exiting the market. A lot yes. of people haven't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, a lot of people probably haven't, haven't even heard of the Q50. Um, yeah. And yeah. that's part of the problem, I think. Um, to me, it it sort of seems like a bit of a missed opportunity, this car, because it's there's so much that is actually good there. Like, it is quite close to a good car, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well that was, said. That was what we in the industry well call said. a dramatic pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's just stuff about it. So it's $56,800 MSRP, mm-hmm. um, has a two-litre turbo engine. This was the base spec pure, mm-hmm. and I, th- I think it looked quite good. It's got lovely sort of gunmetally wheels on it and it was yeah. in this black paint it was actually quite nice and it has led headlights as standard um i think it's got a bit of road presence um i think there's even things to like about it over its main competitor the um, lexus is yeah um because which has become quite complicated and you know it might push some people towards a more conservatively styled car i think it's really comfortable on the inside it's got a slick shifting seven speed auto there is some weird stuff about it though like genuinely weird stuff and you can see why it's pushed consumers away so stuff like it has two media screens yeah why? Yeah. Why doesn't it just and, have one that works? And they don't match in terms of resolution or display or no, graphics. Or theme or <laughs> no, they just look so wrong. Neither so of them do it, Apple uh, CarPlay either. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, has built-in nav. Cool. Cool. <laughs> um, which looks like it's from a '90s Lexus. Yeah. Um, then it's got, and this is this is especially strange. It has like PlayStation steering. Yeah. So I'll, I'll describe this. Basically, the wheel doesn't actually connect to the front wheels at all, the steering mm. wheel. It's like driving a sim chair. Yeah. So, And it does very strange things. So even just exiting the car park, you know how you turn the wheel in and to go up a ramp, you feel a bit of feedback coming back through. It doesn't do that at all. No. You just turn the wheel and the wheels go over and it just sort of floats over it. It's very strange. It's disconcerting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it, it, and at freeway speed, because I got a really good freeway drive of it going down to basically Goulburn yesterday, um, it does, it moves on its own. Just for no reason. You'll be there, cruise control, 110, it's fine, whatever. And then the wheel just does this. Oh. Just on its own. Right. No reason. Yeah, no nah. rhyme or reason. Disconcerting. Yeah. Pretty scary. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, 
good good to see you farewelled it with a, a interesting review there, Tom. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I I spent uh, a couple of days this week in the Jaguar F Pace SVR. Now, not your average. Uh, F-Pace, this one's got a 5-litre supercharged V8 engine. Mm. It's 140 grand, um, but I think it's the best F-Pace they've ever made. Oh, it's really? a fantastically fun and enjoyable mm. and raucous car. Uh, 0-100 in 4.3, which isn't super fast, but it's fast. Um, but it's 405 kilowatts, 680 newton metres, yeah. and the noise is... Spectacular! Oh my god, yeah. my god! Snap, crackle, pop um, everywhere. <laughs> if you if you want to hear it and you want to see it for yourself, then watch Richard Berry's full review to see exactly what I'm talking about. Because my goodness me, it made Did you me want to hammer down oh, at times. Did yeah, you, for a little yeah. couple of little stretches. Yeah, I, I found myself putting sport exhaust on sport transmission manual mode and just trying to make it burble as much as I possibly could. <laughs> Cars guide encourages safe driving. <laughs> Good disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, we might move on to our next segment, which, of course, is Muskwatch. Muskwatch. So, big news this week was that Tesla has uh, released version 10 software. And that means that the smart summon system, which can get you your car to, well, it gets your car to drive to you without you being in the car. Uh, you control, oh, yes. it, yeah, control yeah. it with your smartphone. Um, the car can come to you or any set point, provided that you're within 60 metres of the car and you're on private land uh, and you can see the car at all times. <laughs> Why not just get <laughs> in the thing? And <laughs> yeah, and the temperature is between 10 and 30 degrees. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So there's satellite reception. and <laughs> There's a lot of disclaimers. Um, it sounds smart. I mean, we've all been lost in a car park before or uh, yes. wished we'd brought that, oh, yes. Bought that uh, Bunnings umbrella yep. when the sudden downpour comes, but yep. it hasn't all been smooth sailing. There are uh, there's been people chasing down cars, thinking that they're <laughs> runaway vehicles, um, and there's also been a number of accidents and near misses. Ooh, so there's been okay. um, a few yeah. where cars have just stopped completely in the middle of an intersection uh, in like a car park. Yeah. Um, other ones uh, where someone's tried to move their car out of. Uh, the driveway or the garage and it's just impacted the garage door wall. Oh, lovely. So, um, you know, that's that's not great. Just a few um, small sort of things to iron out. Yeah. Uh, so online publication Wired reports that uh, those disclaimers also include be prepared to stop the vehicle quickly. So you've got a stop button mm. on, your, on your phone. Oh, okay. And also that the system may not detect all obstacles. Oh. Of course it won't. No. Um, but it does when you're driving yeah, it, apparently. Yeah, when you're in the thing. Apparently, yeah. apparently. But not when you're operating it remotely with your phone. I'm not so sure that um, this sort of testing should be uh, done by members of the public. I no. think this is an engineer's job. Yeah, yeah and, and Tesla sort of don't have the best record for this sort of thing. Like They're, they're, they're open yeah. about the fact that a lot of features that get patched into their cars are beta features yes. in there for testing purposes. So this is in and beta mode. Yeah, so, but yeah. then allowing the mass market to do it on public roads is yeah. kind of sketch. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, so we'll keep on moving. The Model 3, now, it, um, as you may know, it doesn't come with a key fob. When you buy a Model 3, you get uh, a swipe card or you can connect uh. it to your smartphone because that's technology for you. Mm. Uh, but now, according to Electric, um, there's been some issues with that smartphone system which has led Model 3 to now get a key fob like the Model S and Model X. 
which is, in our opinion, a good thing. Yep. I spent a bit of time with the Model 3 and I found it really annoying. Um, it's capable of passive entry, so no hands required, mm. which is exciting. Um, and apparently, according to Tesla, locking and unlocking your Model 3 has never been easier. Are they just talking about keyless entry now? Yeah. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... Funnily, uh, tried and tested technology works better than smartphone tech. <laughs> Who would have thought? Uh, on Twitter this week, uh, Mr. Musk tweeted uh, Thursday last week, actually, um, that, oh, sorry, Thursday this week, uh, that more than half a million uh, summons had been made um, using that new technology. Uh, Which is worrisome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, there's also been about... Oh, well, maybe not that many videos of it failing. Mm. Um, he also showed the world the cargo bay of its uh, Starship rocket prototype. Um, and there's been a lot of content around Starship over the last week or so. On the 27th of September, he, uh, he tweeted, Starship will allow us to inhabit other worlds, which is scary mm. considering what we've done to this one already. Yep. And then he replied to his own tweet oh, nice. saying, to make life as we know it multiplanetary. Okay. Mm. Mm. Hey, Elon. Now, let's get to the share price because we insist on telling you every week. Uh, it was $243 again this week um, after 243 last week and the week before. So things apparently are pretty oh, wow. stable. Consistency. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Mm. Um, but as the Financial Times reported in its clever article titled Tesla Meet Wall, um, the <laughs> smart summon tech uh, rollout and... Uh, the fails that have been shared since then um, have cast a bit of doubt on Tesla's pro proclamations that it'll have one million robo-taxis on the road in yeah, 2020. Right. Um, so can probably expect that there might be an impact on share price yeah. uh, if these fails keep coming forward. It's interesting to see the summon system actually come out because they've been talking about it for a long time. And I remember ages ago, before they launched the Model 3 or anything, Elon was saying, oh, yeah, you'll be able to summon it. If you're in New York, you can summon it and it'll come to you It'll come to you from <laughs> LA. Yeah. And, right. and I mean, uh, straight away there's a problem with that. It doesn't have that much range. So what does it charge itself? <laughs> it must. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, with the with the automatic snake charger that they've developed <laughs> yeah, for yeah. it. Um, okay, well, that's it for this week. Really? And no, you're yeah, kidding me. I know, the We've time's flown. The end. We've reached the finish line, as JC would say. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. Thank and you. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Matty. And always thank you, Mr. Pritchard, for the magic fingers on the buttons, dials, and sliders. And now, may I say, you, you've said disconcerting before. Hmm. What is disconcerting to me is that... Uh, the old Pritchard's wearing a sarong, and when oh. when with the spotlight behind, yeah. you know, I can see through, and oh. it's the stuff of nightmares. Crafty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can we just switch the camera around the other way to <laughs> get, get people to look at that? Um, he thinks it's opaque, but my God, it's well, hard. Um, please uh, pass <laughs> on the silhouette word. is enough. <laughs> pass on the word about the podcast. Let us know your thoughts by uh, searching on Facebook uh, for Cars Guide and yeah. on or Instagram the, as well, or even the podcast. Yeah, you can find know. the podcast there as well. Yeah. Uh, you can. Use the hashtag CG Podcast, not podcast, mm. or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. If you're an iTunes listener, please rate and review us. And always, you can always watch us on YouTube. There's about 100 episodes of us there. So cool. And there's cool there graphics with yeah. videos and stuff. That's so right, it's yeah. worth a watch. We'd yeah. love to see you there. Um, now, there's no joke this week because that's JC's jam. So until <laughs> next time, <laughs> see you from the shed. See ya. See ya. See ya.